0: in your Bibles with me to Colossians chapter 1, and then to Ephesians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 1, and then Ephesians chapter 2. My title today, in fact, you write in your bulletin, we're going to see it in the scripture, is Rich in Mercy. Everybody say that with me, ready? Rich in Mercy. So I want to read that first verse, Colossians chapter 1, verse 27. We read it last week, and it says this. To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of his mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Let me read that again. To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of the mystery among the Gentiles. So what are the riches of the glory? It is Christ in you you the hope of glory. Christ in you the hope of glory. So we're going to look today at the mercy of God. You know that's a word many times we would only do probably as kids as we're twisting somebody's arm we would have them say what? Just say mercy right? Just say mercy. So my mom typically comes to town um, seems like every Easter from Portland and last year uh, when she came to town, Michelle's car had broken down, and so it was in the shop. And so uh, we typically get a courtesy vehicle, but the courtesy vehicle that we ended up getting was a brand new Jeep Grand Cherokee. Brand new. Brand new, still smelled great, low miles. And let me tell you, it was probably one of the smoothest cars that I drove. So smooth, so quiet. So as my son and I were going to go pick her up at the airport, I was driving uh, on the freeway, I was on the 22 freeway, I'm in the diamond lane, and I'm not looking at my speed that I'm going, because this car is so smooth. I didn't know there was a break between the concrete barriers where a highway patrol guy on a motorcycle could squat down and try to get me, but sure enough, because I was going along and it was so quiet, so smooth, I think he was following us for a little bit of time with lights and sirens. And really, I thought I heard something, and then I peeked up in the rearview mirror, and sure enough, highway patrol guy, and he's pulling me over. So I pull over in the car, and you know, I'm going through all the things to do with my son. I'm going to keep my hands on the steering wheel. You keep your hands on your lap. Don't reach for anything. You know, don't do anything. And so the officer came up, window down, car off, and he said like this, I need your license, your registration, and your insurance. And all I said was, officer, this is a rental car. We just got it. I need your license, and then I need the registration of the car. So he takes it, and he walks right out. He comes back in just a minute and says, you're getting a citation. I didn't have any opportunity to state my case. This isn't my car. This thing is smooth. I think it was stuck on kilometers, right? wasn't miles per hour. And like that, I had a ticket in my hand. And I remember I put the window up and I was driving down as my son is texting my family to let them know that I got a ticket, of which all of a sudden I started fuming a little bit. I haven't had a ticket in 21 years. He had to have seen that on whatever he called in. 21 years I haven't had a ticket. I pay my car registration on time. I have my tags on. I pay my insurance. Then I started getting upset, as my son's laughing, thinking, I deserve mercy, right? I'm doing all the right things. Why didn't I get a question like, do you know why I pulled you over? And I could have said something like, you know what, officer, I think I'm speeding, but this car is the smoothest car I think I've ever driven. It's so silent, and we're going to get mom at the airport. I didn't get to say a word. I had a ticket in my hand. Then I got upset that I had a ticket, and so I had a court date. Well, I uh, knew enough to what day to bump it to that he'd probably be off. Well, I couldn't go that day. Then I moved it to another day that I knew he'd probably be off. And I was going to show up. And I was going to show up in a suit. And I was going to go early in the morning. And I was going to state my case because I was in a rental car. Because I received no mercy that day. 21 years, no ticket. Right? No accidents in however long. 30-some years. I deserved mercy. And the morning that I'm supposed to go, I get a phone call from somebody in church that was going into surgery for me wanting to pray. So I'm thinking, do I go and fight this officer in court? And hopefully he's not going to show up. Or do I go pray for this person? I thought, you know, I'll pray for this person on my way to court. No, I didn't do that. (laughs) I ended up having to go online and pay the ticket because I went to the hospital. But it still infuriates me to this day, (laughs) right, that I received no mercy. So I'm starting year one again with a ticket that's going off my record because of traffic school. All of us have been probably in a situation like that that you have said if somebody would have just said something to give me a little help help me out right look at the computer it'll tell you that I haven't had a ticket and that didn't work but I love when I read this as we look in a little bit God is rich in what mercy God is rich in mercy in fact as we read this and we read about God being rich in mercy we will see right into the heart of God. A merciful God. We'll see right into the heart of God. You know, in courtrooms this week, I'm sure that there are going to be people that want the mercy of the judge. But as we see today, there is a mercy that flows from the heart of God as we take those steps towards him. In fact, even as we read before, we were reading in John chapter 6, a week or so ago, about the the bread, that Jesus would be the bread of life, that he was wanting to be in us and a part of us. He's wanting us to hunger and thirst for him, but it also reveals to us the mercy of God. In fact, Jesus begins the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5, 7. He says, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Well, you want mercy? Be merciful. Moses saw the mercy of God. David asked for the mercy of God. Jeremiah wept for the mercy of God. And Paul, the scripture says, marveled at the mercies of God. You'll read this week in Timothy He was the first one to marvel at the mercy of God upon his life because of what he did to the church and what he did to believers. But he fell on the mercy of God. So in Ephesians chapter 2, if you are there or turn there with me or let me get there, Ephesians chapter 2, I want to read verses 1 through 10. And as I'm reading this, let's remember just for a moment in genesis chapter 3 when adam and eve eat of the fruit the forbidden fruit the bible says that their eyes were open they knew that they were naked they were ashamed their eyes were opened everything now has changed in the garden everything that god designed has changed because of the choice that they made And of any opportunity for God to scratch the surface, erase, wipe it out, it would have been with them too, but he didn't do that. He already, in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, talks about a seed being that of Jesus that will come and will crush the serpent's head. That's already a promise. So God never gave up on Adam and Eve. Even when mankind completely turned in Genesis chapter 3, he saw Noah. He saw those eight that would be saved on an ark. Even Even when Moses went up on the mountain and he was receiving the Ten Commandments, in the meanwhile, everybody else was bringing their gold to make a calf to worship. And though God wanted to start over with Moses, Moses reminded God of his covenant. And and the Bible says that God relented. So even what mankind has done, God is still merciful. That's his heart. So here's what we pick up in Ephesians chapter 2. And you, he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked. Everybody say once walked. I love reading that, right? I don't want to walk that way again. I once walked that way in which you once walked according to the course of this world according to the prince of the power of the air the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedient among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of the flesh fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature everybody say nature We were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved." Not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in. You know, he says this to start right off. He made you alive. He made you alive. You may have once walked a different way. But he already gave you the choice to become alive. He gave you that opportunity to become alive. But he also talks about a nature that was within us. It happened to Adam and Eve. It passed all the way through mankind. It passes along to every child that is born. And we call it a sin nature. You know, when my kids were little, and they, you know, they were good and they were behaved, but you still saw that nature come up. My, I remember my daughter Madison, she was probably about three. We were living in North Carolina, and I was walking into the room that had the TV, and she was playing in a corner with her playset. set. I went, and I just changed the channel of the TV. And she darted and turned right around, and she looked at me, and she, I forget exactly what she but she stomped her foot in the room. Here's a three-year-old stomping her foot that I turned the channel. And she Called off down the hallway, went and got her mom. And I could hear her saying down the hall, I was so mad at dad. He changed the channel and I stomped my foot. That's what she said. <laughs> Where did that come from, right? We don't do that in our house. You did what? You know, stomped your foot. Well, we had to have a conversation, right? That's that nature that's in there. That's that nature that has to be changed. That's what I we're grateful for in Christ. My son, who was famous for getting out of his crib, we always were having to figure out a way to keep him locked up because he would climb out of whatever. You know, he's like Houdini when he was little. Didn't matter how you had him boxed in, he'd get out. So one morning, I thought I heard glass breaking. And we were upstairs, we were living in La Mirada, and then I heard it again. It sounded like glass breaking, and I came down the stairs and I went into our kitchen area, the whole kitchen and downstairs was the large tile. And then I heard the sound again of something breaking. I looked over at the cabinets, and all along the cabinets was looked like broken coffee cups or, or dishes. Well, then, about the time that I was trying to figure out what happened, something sailed right by my head, and it was one of Michelle's teacups. Well, he had gone into the corner of the house where Michelle had a teacup cart, and Maybe it had 10 or 12 teacups. Well, it was down to about four by about then. He was taking the, key te- the teacups, and he decided to throw them across the kitchen and break them all. And I remember looking at him, and I'm like, stop. He had a pacifier in his mouth. He was wearing the onesie pajamas that have, like, the feet in them. And the smile that I saw through that pacifier looking at me as he was reaching for another teacup to throw. <laughs> right? <laughs> Where did that nature come from? Shh, don't tell mom, let me throw one too. No. (laughs) You know, you get upset, but you kind of laugh sometimes. But there's that nature. We all have that nature. We all fight that nature. There's things that we're constantly putting under. But thank God, as we read earlier, he's showing us. He's teaching us. He's leading us. He's teaching us. He's showing us. Because we don't want to walk according to how we walked. What we want to do is in verse 4 where it says, But God who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us, what? Alive. Even when we were running the different direction opposite of everything that he stood for and wanted us to he still made us alive. There was still that opportunity to experience the mercy of God. I love in verse 6, and he raised us up together and made us sit in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He raised us up. We didn't even ask for it. And he already did that because of his son Jesus. Now, I love verse 7. Because we're going to understand the mercy of God all through eternity. Because notice what it says. It says that in the ages to come, in the ages to come, he might show his exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. You know how people say all the time, what are we going to do for eternity? What are we going to do for eternity? You know what he's going to do? He's going to keep showing us. And showing us and showing us his grace. Showing us new things, unfolding new things. But you know one thing that doesn't change? Is the scars that are on Jesus' body. It's not on his body so that we're going to hit our knees throughout all eternity... ...because we're unworthy and we're worthless. It's to rejoice in what he did because in what he did on the cross made us and raised us so that we can be seated with him, so that I don't have to walk that way. I can grab a hold of that mercy of God. And I love what Paul says in verse 10. We are his workmanship. In fact, that's one of the words translated, you are his masterpiece. You're his masterpiece. Your looks, your personality, the way that you are, The way that you're wired you know what you are God's masterpiece but we're not to walk according to the flesh we're to be raised up with him and that beginning step is to know that Jesus Christ lives on the inside of me I'm being changed day by day as Psalm 25 show me teach me lead me teach me help me to know you you're new every morning You know, the mercy of God is that I don't get treated as I deserve because I've changed kingdoms. I've got out of the kingdom of darkness and I've got into the kingdom of light. In fact, I love what Colossians says about that. Colossians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14 says, He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of his son, of his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. But here's the key part of the word. He has delivered you. But you have to make the choice to get in the other kingdom. And one is a kingdom of darkness. And notice how the other kingdom is described. The other one is the kingdom of the son of his love. That's powerful, isn't it? So do I want to be in darkness or do I want to be in the kingdom of the son of his love? I want to be in the kingdom of the son of his love that raised me up, that changed my course, that made me alive, that redirected me, that's continuing to redirect me because I humble myself and submit to him. And here's the biggest part of receiving mercy. And I love this Old Testament verse out of Micah 6.8. He has shown you, O oh man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? Let me say it again. What does the Lord require of you? To do justly. To love what? Mercy. And to walk humbly with your God. What does the Lord require out of you today? To do, to, to do justly. To love mercy. To love mercy. And to walk humbly with your God. Well, I only give mercy out when I get mercy. No, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Do you think God waited for you to change till he gave you mercy? Absolutely not. His mercy already was there in Genesis chapter 3, even with the change that had taken place with Adam and Eve. His mercy was already there He's just waiting for you to receive his mercy. Mercy implies debt and great grace. And mercy is also about getting what you don't deserve. I didn't deserve a ticket. I'm doing all the right things. I deserved a ticket. Why? I was breaking the law. I I, I should have been doing the right speed limit. I can't blame it on the smooth, quiet vehicle. Who do I need to put the blame on? My son, he, no, on me, right? It's my fault. And I got to pay for it. But thank God when I come to him, and he lets me know when I humbly come to him, he's doing justly and he's giving me mercy. So I want to look at one other uh, scripture Matthew chapter 9, if you turn there in your Bibles with me. Matthew chapter 9. I think this is such an interesting story in the ministry of Jesus and how he responds to these blind men. Matthew chapter 9, verse 27 through 31. Follow along as I read this. When Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him. Everybody say, two blind men. They followed him, crying out, saying, Son of David, have what? Have mercy on us. And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? And they said to him, Yes, Lord. And he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, let it be to you. And their eyes were open, and Jesus sternly warned them, saying, See that no one knows it. But when they had departed, they spread the news about him in all of that country. Now we've probably read this verse before, it's the two blind men, but notice what happens and I I get this different picture of Jesus just between verse 27 and 28. These two blind men follow him crying out, son of David, have mercy on us. And do we read that Jesus stops right there in the street and begins a dialogue with them and prays for them? No, what do we see? Evidently, he must have continued walking, and they followed him to go into a house. How rude of you, Jesus! You've been out in the sun a little too long today. These are two blind; they can't follow you. It's different if the guy's a leper. Or if it's different if the guy's a cripple. Or if it's different if his friends are going to carry him. They can't see, but somehow they had to follow Jesus into a house. And then the only way that Jesus. Begins to talk with them is they follow him and he begins a dialogue with them in fact he says this in verse 28 do you believe that I am able to do this and they said to him yes Lord and he touched their eyes saying notice what he says according to your faith let it be to you according to your faith let it be to you what did they cry out and want mercy but out of the mercy of Jesus, they wanted healing. And out of the healing they received, Jesus came back and said, it was because you believed for it. That's pretty fa- powerful. So here's what it lets me know. Those that receive mercy also step into that mercy and believe for it. They had to fo- The blind men had to follow him to a house. Can you imagine these guys walking down? Where did he go? Where did he go? He went into a house. Seems so rude. You know what he was checking? He was checking to see what was their faith about. Did they really want it, or were they going to wait till hopefully he passed by again to cry out? You could go through the Bible, in fact, the, the Gospels, multiple times people that are needing something from Jesus say those exact words, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Show mercy to me. The answer we see in Ephesians 2 is God is rich in what? Mercy. Well, here Jesus answers back and said, it was because you believed. You want mercy? Believe for it. Step out. Believe that you can receive mercy. And you know, we get this picture in Hebrews 4.16 because the writer of Hebrews says this to us, let us come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain what? Mercy. But what do you have to do? You have to go boldly to the throne of grace. Oh, I don't want to go in. I'll get it. No, no. Go boldly to the throne of grace that you might obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Come boldly to the throne of God. You're welcome there. You don't need an appointment on his calendar. You don't need it scheduled by somebody else that you can meet with them in six months. You go today, you go now, and you can go boldly and he's waiting for you to go. I think that's maybe what Jesus was showing us in that situation. Come boldly into the house and obtain the mercy that you need, but you're gonna have to come boldly. You're gonna have to step out to do it. So I I think of this, am I asking for mercy for the sake of mercy, or am I asking for mercy because I know I'm a changed person? Even a changed person asks mercy from the Lord. Let me ask you a couple questions. When when is the last time that you went before the Lord? 1 John 1.9 says that if you confess your sins, that he is faithful and he's just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. When's the last time that you did an inventory to say, you know what, God, I'm going to come before you. Oh, and I need to confess this to you. I said this. I thought that. When have you done an inventory of your life? You know, we do good at inventorying other people's lives, don't we? You know, Ralphie, I, I was thinking about you the other day. You got a lot of things to confess, brother, because I was thinking about you and thinking about it, Right? No, we don't do that. Who do we need to look at? The person in the mirror. And come before the Lord and know, first I want to come to him to confess. But let me ask you this. When was the last time that you knew you blew it, you confessed before the Lord, but you got on your knees and you asked the Lord for mercy on your life? That I, Lord, I've made such a mess of this, but I get on my knees today because you, you and you alone are the one that can fix this but I come to receive mercy today. That's boldness. That's not a coward. That's boldly coming before him to receive mercy. I was reading a story a couple years ago. There were two children. They visited their grandparents' farm one summer, and the young boy went out for a hike, but he took along his BB gun. And he was target practicing, but he couldn't quite hit anything. So he was discouraged, and walking back to the house, he saw his grandma's duck. And he took one quick shot, and he hit the duck, and he killed it. But then he caught eyes with his sister. She saw everything. At dinner, his grandma asked the sister to help do the dishes, but she volunteered her brother and whispered to her brother under her breath, I remember the duck. In the morning, the sister was woken up early to go out and help Grandpa milk the cows. But she again volunteered her brother and whispered to him in the other room, I remember the duck. And for several days, and after doing every chore imaginable, the boy finally broke and confessed to his grandma that he had accidentally killed the duck, to which the grandma knelt down and said to him i know i watched everything through my window and because i love you i already forgave you but i was just wondering how long you'd let your sister take control of your life whatever is in our past whatever we have done it's the devil that keeps throwing it up in our face whether it's lying Cheating, debt, fear, bad habits, hatred, anger, bitterness, dot, 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 right? Fill in the blank. Whatever it is, you need to know that God was already standing at the window and he saw the whole thing. He has seen your whole life. But he wants you to know that he loves you. He wants you to know that he's forgiven you. He's just wondering how long it's going to take until you stop letting the devil keep you down because he has already extended a rich mercy to you and he's already raised you up with his son, Jesus Christ. See, the great thing about God is this. When you ask for mercy and forgiveness, he not only forgives you, he forgets. He casts it as far as the east is from the west. It's by God's grace and his mercy that we're saved. And it's in the power of Christ in us that allows us to walk out this this life and receive his mercy. Bow your heads if you would with me today. So Father, we come today, we lean on Ephesians 2, and we remember that your word, it's life to those that find it, and it's health to all of our flesh. So Lord, we lean in today, in fact, we do what uh, the Hebrew says, we come boldly today to receive mercy. With nobody looking around today, if you're here, and this is between you and the Lord, if you need the mercy of the Lord over your life today would you just in your seat call out to the Lord for mercy doesn't matter what you've done come boldly to his throne of grace and obtain mercy that you'll find help in time of need obtain it boldly do it follow him into the house Whatever it takes, step out to obtain. Whatever it is, humble yourself before the Lord. Receive the mercy of the Lord upon you. Lord, I pray today in every area of all of our lives, we humbly come before you. We inventory our life. We once walked that way, but we're not walking that way again. You've raised us up. We've moved kingdoms. I'm not in the kingdom of darkness. I'm in the kingdom of the Son and of His love. And I'm walking that way. In fact, Lord, I'm not just walking, I'm boldly going that way. It's Christ in me. It's the hope of glory. So, with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're here today and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, you've never asked Him in, would you just slip up your hand? You've never done that. You've never made Jesus the lord of your life because we want to pray for you in fact i'd love for all of us to repeat this together repeat this after me ready dear lord dear lord i believe in jesus i believe in jesus i believe that he lived i believe that he lived and that he died for me and that he died for me i confess him as my lord i confess him as my lord he rose again he rose again and i believe it and i believe it And I receive him now. And I receive him now. Thank you for bringing me into your family. Thank you for bringing me into your family. Thank you for forgiving me of all my sin. Thank you for forgiving me of all. Thank you for raising me up. Thank you for raising me up. And I boldly come to you. And I boldly come to you. In Jesus name, we pray. Jesus name. You prayed that today. Please allow us to pray with you at the end of service. And as all of us press in, come boldly to the throne of grace receive the mercy of the lord you know he saw everything at the window didn't he and he loved you anyway he was just waiting for you to come well stand with me if you would we're going to close with a song of worship and it's